Thank you for choosing the You Thought Podcast. It is draft week today, so we will be discussing the NFL draft along with a little bit of college or basketball and some surprising Gronkowski news. I am your host, Wyatt, and I'm joined by our regular hosts, Lucas, Jared, Bart, and Aiden. Let's not waste any time. Let's drive right into college basketball. So some college prospects are choosing to opt out of playing college basketball and going into the minor leagues. Uh, over the last week, we saw Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd. Isaiah Todd decommitted from Michigan to go play in the G League. And then over the last year, there was, of course, RJ Hampton and the big story, LaMelo Ball, who chose to play overseas. Jared, I ask you, is college basketball in trouble? So I'm actually going to go with a yes on this one. I, if Jalen Green has a good experience this year, then yes, college basketball is going to be in trouble in the sense that it could become a college baseball type sport where that's another sport where people can players can go straight from high school into the pros. It basically into the minors, which is like a developmental league, right? A developmental year. Nobody watches college baseball because part of the reason, not because it is because it's baseball, but also because the best players aren't choosing to go play college sometimes. Um, so this, I think it... Um, one thing to consider is that from a branding stu- standpoint, the G League won't get as much exposure, most likely. It's not going to be on TV as much. But uh, an article I read by SB Nation pointed out that Jalen Green, for example, is already very popular. He has like over a million Instagram followers. So he, the, he, those kind of players don't really need the exposure that college might give you. Um, uh, so I think... If you if you're watching NCAA is going to be around in that there's there'll still be people that want to go to college but for the best players that just want to provide for their family for example right away I think there are a lot of people will go to the G League and the difference between things before is you don't have to go overseas you can do it in the U.S. now that's why I think it it, it could be uh, a good compet competitive uh, option to the, to college basketball. Lucas, I see you disagreeing, though. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm a big disagree on this one. I feel like we always talk about things that are, like, going to spell the end of, like, college basketball as being relevant. Like, first it was high school players, like, going directly in, like, with Tim Duncan and LeBron and the GOAT Kwame Brown. Like, you have all those guys going in. And, like, they're like, oh, college basketball will become relevant because these high school players are so good. Kobe as well. And then it was players going to Europe. I really remember distinctly being in like sixth or seventh grade and Brandon Jennings going over to Europe instead of playing in college basketball. People were like, this is it. He's setting the precedent. Guys are just going to go overseas now and get paid and college basketball is dead. I think this is just sort of another iteration of that. I don't think it'll like drastically impact the NBA because I think people see the value in even a year under someone like Coach K or John Calipari or Bill Self. Like, developing their quality and talent um, under someone who's been in it for years and years and years of preparing them to be in the NBA. I don't think you'll get that same sort of experience in the G League. I can see it like maybe slightly being competitive if like you can get that level of coaching in the G League. But as of now, I think it's a better funnel into the NBA to play one year in college, get that national exposure, get the better coaching and then make your name and so i don't think it's in trouble i feel like this is just another iteration of college basketball is dead that'll be overblown yeah no i 100 percent agree with lucas i think that uh like cameron indoor still filled up when when there were some high school players going to the pros and, and like you said jared like Jalen green like this is like college basketball is still the best stage for players to kind of make a name for themselves and someone like Jalen green has already kind of done that and so like can afford maybe to to not take advantage of that but there are very few players who fall under that category so i say you probably lose you know maybe one or two top 10 players a year to something like the g league um and then pretty much everyone else is still going to be going to college for the moment so i I don't see it as like an imminent threat i'm i'm torn i feel like you can't underestimate though the like the possibility of a snowball type effect here where initially it might seem like nobody else is going to be doing it but i think as more and more like notable players start doing it I think it's totally possible that more and more like middle tier players will start doing it as well. I mean, just like the the prospect of being get, like being able to get paid right off the bat, I think is is really important. And with all the backlash that we've seen recently towards the NCAA, I don't know that like that you were necessarily seeing that back when players were making the leap straight from high school or when players were going to the NC or to Europe. Excuse me. Um, I mean, like I know the NCAA has always been a little bit suspect, but I feel like now it's it's more prominent than ever, and I, I think. 
like that. Yeah, I think players might just really want to start taking advantage of that and the fact that they can get paid now more than ever. So I I agree that it does seem a little bit overreactionary to say it's the death of the uh, NCAA. But I wouldn't be all that surprised. Yeah. If it does occur that, like, if it does become a snowball effect, do you think that, like, the NCAA will start, like, trying to outbid, like, the G League? Now that they're, like, paying players, do you think they'll start, like, having yeah. to offer competitive, something competitive to the G League? Because that's They're going to, like, be, become hypocrites to the maximum. Yeah. They would have to change something, yeah. like, fundamental. Yeah. Well, that's, if that's this the, is the thing, thing that... that it takes to have a college athlete. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, if if the NCAA wants to say that it's amateur players, they'll get amateur play, I think, eventually. Especially if you start to see G League games like on TV, then literally the, the difference is, for a guy who's only going there for one year, you're not getting a degree, right? The difference is play for one year on TV uh, and for a good coach, or do all those things but get paid $500,000 to do it. You know what I mean? Like that's Or at least for Jalen Green, he's getting 500 k that's another thing that I was going to mention too is like with the with with going to Europe or anywhere overseas it's not really like it doesn't really benefit the NBA right but since the G League is the direct um like subsidiary if you will of the NBA it actually like they will be they will be encouraged to promote it and to g- try to get as many like good incoming college players as they can I feel like yeah do you ever see like the G League becoming like super popular though cuz I feel like like college sports are popular but you very rarely see like the minor leagues of something become popular and i'm not totally sure like why that is it might just be like an allegiance to you know um might just be a tradition thing i don't know but you don't see like minor league baseball getting a lot of attention or like you know like at the moment the g league does not have a lot of attention so um if one thing i think that could happen is it it could be popular but not in the traditional sense of broad like being broadcasted on espn but like i think when you think back to like the drew league um, games like that where like Kevin Durant or something, some random players would just come back and like ball on these people. It could have a little more like maybe grassroots, um, like Twitter stream or YouTube stream kind of popularity. I could see something like that possibly happening. Yeah, but if that happens though, then what's the point for like a player going there? Like, would you rather go and play on CBS every Sunday or would you rather, you know, be on Twitter or Twitch stream or something like that? I don't that? think I any like of that matters. Not- I don't know if it matters if you play on CBS or not. I think it's totally fine if you play. Like LaMelo Ball, I didn't watch a single game of LaMelo Ball. I don't even know where I could have watched a single game of LaMelo Ball <laughs> playing overseas. right? But he's probably still going to be a lottery pick. And at the end of this day, I don't think these kids matter. Like It cares to these kids where they get watched at. If they become a top three pick in the NBA, or yeah, in the NBA then what's the matter where they play and what they do? And especially because... Jalen Green, of course, is getting five hundred thousand dollars. We're talking about him, but he also has the option of a scholarship program. So if you even want to spin it to where, well, they're missing out on the education, he can still go back to school, right? Outside of the five hundred thousand dollars he has, I think he's getting. I read something that says two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a scholarship program. So it just seems like it's a better option, especially because NCAA pretty much just exploits college athletes. Yeah, it, but that's, it comes. That's true. I think. <laughs> Just to like kind of go on to what Lucas's point is that is it going to change the behavior and Bart mentioned this too is it going to be change the behavior of the people that aren't top fifteen recruits? Agree. Yeah. I think the I, TV. I think, that, I think yeah. the TV exposure maybe yeah. could. That's what I think. But. Yeah, because like Lamelo Ball like is afforded the luxury of like literally everyone knowing his name before college, and and Jalen Green is like a little less so. Like he's probably more of a talent, but he's a, like still well known even if not as well known as a, a ball um but most players <laughs> most players are not afforded that luxury um in which case playing on cbs i feel like does kind of matter see but that's the thing though maybe the nba will start broadcasting their g league games but, uh, how much but will people watch them like if, will, if the best someone... if the best athletes in the if the best like young athletes in the world are playing that i think people would tune in yeah, but they'll be playing against like washed up, you know, guys who played, you know, in college, you know, four or yeah. five years ago. I feel like the the novelty from that is like there will be a, a couple young upstarts, but a lot of players who you're just like kind of been there, done that way. Mm-hmm. Either either way, to Wyatt's point though, it 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 is good to have the G League because when you think of it, when you think of it, the NCAA has a monopoly. 
essentially yeah. has a monopoly <laughs> on college yeah. athletics. Yeah. Like there's the NAIA and mm. other, I'm sure there's other divisions that I don't know about, but um, yeah, like, like Wyatt said, you can kind of exploit it because that's your only avenue where if G League, that gives some other people some other opportunities. So. I just think people stopped watching college basketball already, and this already seems this seems like this is a slippery slope where people are going to start water. Players are going to stop going to college basketball. People are going to stop watching college basketball, and then we're just going to wait for them to go into the NBA to actually watch them. Yeah, I can see that as well, and I also think I could see um, this forcing college basketball if it becomes big enough, which I think there's a potential to. So I'm having to like provide some sort of financial compensation to the players as well because if you have this option to go into the G league and make money, like all the points that have been made before, I like if it's an easy enough transition into the NBA, which is, I guess yes to be seen. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Like the NCAA exploits your image and then makes millions of dollars off you and you don't get any of it. So I could see it being some sort of segue into them paying athletes as well, which I'm not necessarily opposed to either. Yeah. yeah I feel like if, yeah. Um, one question I actually that you just made me think of: um, Do players get to choose which G League affiliate team they play for? Like, how would that impact draft um, opportunities? Because, like, don't you well, usually just get signed by the team that is? Like, yes, Jalen Green has a one-year contract, so at the end of this year, he he then is just eligible for the draft. He's not on a multi-year contract where then he's like in that team's pool. Yeah. Jalen Green signed a ten-year contract with the, the G. Yeah, ten years, five hundred thousand dollars. it seems like there's a loophole Scott... there for circumventing dra- getting drafted by bad teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I think the Adam Silver has done a pretty good job of making sure that that's not going to happen. Okay, so um, great discussion about college basketball, and so now let's transition into short stories, our, our classic segment each week, and. Uh, Speaking of playing overseas, I wanted to discuss this week Spencer Dinwiddie and his his decision to play for the Nigerian national basketball team. I just thought this was funny. I mean, it's so weird. Like Spencer Dinwiddie is not Nigerian. He was he was born in Los <laughs> Angeles, California. Um, he, he's totally American. Um, but since he's, I mean, let's just be honest, he's just straight up not that good, and so he comes nowhere close to qualifying for the American national team, right? So he said. Okay, whatever. I'd like to play for some national team. Why not Nigeria? I saw some articles that that said, you know, this this shows that Nigeria is, you know, trying to take it serious. You know, that they're for real. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Spencer Dinwiddie does not catapult them anywhere near the top of the echelon anyway, right? But um, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny that he he got a passport. He went through the, the whole, you know process and now he gets to team up i mean i guess they have some good players like they have josh okogi they have al faruka um hopefully nigeria will actually be competitive but i mean they're not going to be anywhere near the top tier anyway so but good for him i mean people say that national basketball um is, a, is like a superb experience to have so if it's not with the american team i'm happy for him that he can get it somewhere yeah is he Does like he of, any yeah connection? nigerian yeah to nigeria yeah. Yeah, I don't or think so. He just like spin a map and just like. I mean, I honestly, I think he looked at teams that are actually already kind of good, but also could still, you know, slot him in <laughs> as a starter and Nigeria fit the bill. Respect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, get that Olympic experience, I guess. You know, so. Right. Um, yeah. Not that the Olympics are happening anytime soon, yeah. but. Right. Um. So. I'm going to talk about, obviously, I'm sure a lot of you watched The Last Dance on Sunday. I'm going to talk a little bit about Michael Jordan, the GM, versus LeBron, the GM. Uh, I was struck by kind of how outspoken MJ was about about basketball issues. Like, he hasn't, and they haven't shown him talking about um, off-the-field issues, which he's, like, famously quiet about. But it, it kind of is interesting to see that he's not always, he was, like, pretty petty in a lot of ways and kind of, like, not always a class act like that he's depicted as, I guess. Um, he's not like the Kawhi type person that literally will only answer questions about, you know, about w- what affects him and stuff like that. So, l- like, for example, he didn't stay quiet about not wanting to rebuild. He basically kind of, he was like, I'm not playing for a coach that isn't Phil Jackson. And he was true to his word I, I, to, to a certain extent. When, when they asked what's the biggest challenge for the Bulls this year, he looked up at man- management's office or whatever and was like, uh, and was like referring to the GM. And so I think that my worry with this this docu- this 10-part documentary series is that it's just going to make... Exactly. 
it's gonna make MJ just look kind of infallible that his word is law. Like the the only decision of his that they've questioned is him going to get back to college, back to UNC when he was rehabbing his foot. And the only two people that argued against it were people that the documentary has done a lot to discredit, which is the GM and the owner. So I, I kind of feel like it's like, because it, Jordan was the one that greenlit it, and rumors are that Jordan greenlit it after LeBron won the 2016 finals to try to like re-cement his legacy a little bit. So I think there's a little pettiness there. And I think it's unfair to sit, to criticize LeBron as the GM when you see Michael Jordan doing similar things in terms of like publicly saying things that he wants the team directions he wants the team to go in um, as well as the fact that you can't do it by yourself as evidenced by Jordan scoring 60 and st- and like not even coming close in that series you know um, another thing that LeBron's been criticized about so I, I think it's kind of interesting to look on how this will frame the LeBron MJ debate but yeah, yeah. Um, LeBron will just have a documentary of his own in 20 years from yeah. now yeah as as Lucas put it a few a few episodes ago, this is Gen X holding up their basketball idol to, to forever keep LeBron down, basically. Anyway, let's go transition into a segment uh, called Would You Rather. I think you guys are all familiar with this. You've done it before. We're going to be doing some NFL-related Would You Rather topics. Aiden, I'm going to start with you. If you're the Bengals, are you drafting uh, Joe Burrow at number one, or would you rather trade back for four first-rounders? I'm going to go with the a light trade back for four first rounders. Four first rounders is a lot of first rounders, especially to a team like the Bengals who have a lot of holes, like not just quarterback. Um, and I, I say it with the condition that trade back, if you can still get a good QB, meaning probably Tua or Justin Herbert. Um, and I think the rumor originally started with the Dolphins or like it was thrown out as a hypothetical scenario. They have five first round picks in the next two drafts, including the number five pick this year. Um, so if, if the Bengals received a package, including four first round picks uh, with one of those being the number five pick this year, which one would think would be enough to get either to a Herbert. Um, I, I would take that uh, because I, the Bengals aren't one QB, QB away from being a competitor um, I think Joe Burrow is going to be really good, but I also like Tua's chances and even Justin Herbert's chances. And we talked about the fact in the past that the top five QBs, the, the ones who are drafted in the, in the top five, have historically not always been that successful um, over the past you know, 20 years or so. Very few of them have, have turned out to be elite. So I feel like it's, it's worth the risk to, to take someone who's maybe not, um, not Joe Burrow, but still like has a lot of potential plus you know three other first round picks in the next two years that's that's a lot yeah um if anyone wants to dispute me on that but <laughs> well i i no, i do i just want to throw in that i agree that if you don't if you're a quarterback and you don't go to like the right system or to a, like a good organization yeah. like joe Gur- burrow going to the Bengals, they could just waste him yeah. essentially you know <laughs> isn't you know isn't joe burrow on our all decade team <laughs> yeah. Someone was, entered him into the all decade in a team. possible yeah. mistake, but yes. I mean, well, um, what's crazy? No, is I that... saw ESPN put out something today that no quarterback who's been drafted, none of the last ten quarterbacks who've been drafted number one overall have won a Super Bowl. So I think it, it might be like sort of a system quarterback mismatch, like we've talked about before. But I don't know what implications that has for the Bengals themselves. But I, I don't know. I can see it. I think people don't discuss enough the fact that uh, he we're like we're projecting him to be this incredible quarterback on really on one season on one really really good season, but still. Um, it, so yeah, like Lucas said, the system matters, um, and he could totally fall flat. And the LSU season might have just been a, a fluke, if you will. But yeah, he could be, be exactly like Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell had one great season at LSU, <laughs> and it was awful at All the NFL. Yeah, I hope. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rip Jamarcus. Uh, but anyway, okay, Bart, now we're, we're headed to you. Would you rather have Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry as your starting running back? Uh, I mean, for me, okay, well, first of all, I'm going to answer this question, um, like, salary aside. I think the salary that McCaffrey's getting paid now is is obscene, and I think in general it's, it's like, more than you should pay a running back. Um, but, yeah, for me, the answer is, is pretty easily Christian McCaffrey, despite that. 
Um, just because he, I mean, he, he's about as good of a running back as Derrick Henry is. I mean, Henry had like a couple hundred more rushing yards this this year and only like one more rushing touchdown, I think. But I mean, Chris McCaffrey also put up a thousand receiving yards. He's a, he's a beast. You can play him in so many more, like you can use him in so many more ways. I mean, he was only, the, I think, the third player ever to get a thousand uh, both rushing and receiving yards in a season. So he's just super versatile. Derrick Henry is a, is a beast. He's, you know, a, a machine. Um, but I think... I just think Christian McCaffrey is 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 like a a better piece to have in your offense, and he's like ultimately more unstoppable than just a really big, burly running back. I mean, we've seen that. Uh, yeah, the Titans' offense was great with him, but they weren't you know anything super special. So for me, it's McCaffrey. He'll probably last longer in the league too, because he's yeah. more versatile. But dude. You're, you say that, but the one thing that trips me up about this is that I feel like he's with the way they work him, he could easily get an injury, like a career-ending injury, um, just because he he's like he like is their offense. You know, he he has so many touches. Um, so I do hope that they're careful with that. But I mean, I guess granted, Derrick Henry is also pretty uh pretty touch heavy. So I guess the same goes for him. Um, okay, now let's move on to Lucas. Lucas. If you were the Dolphins, would you rather draft Tua or Justin Herbert? Every day of the week, I chose Tua. I think, like, you know, he has the injury issues, but I think the upside there is a lot higher than Justin Herbert. I think both of the guys have, like, the intangibles to be a great quarterback, and I know that's, like, Herbert's big thing is that, like, he's built, like, exactly like you would want a prototypical NFL quarterback to be. But Tua has that as well, and plus he's, like, a serial winner, at least in the college football level. Dude, like, everybody's a serial I, Herbert, winner until they reach the NFL. Okay, but two uh, or more so than Herbert, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I think, honestly, if I had to book it, a projection for Justin Herbert, I think he's going to turn out like Blake Bortles. They seem like similar type guys who have, like, all the intangibles, and if they have a good team around them, they could win, like Bortles did in 2017 with the Jaguars. But I don't think he alone is going to be the difference maker on a team in a, the way I think Tua could be. I think Tua, and I know this is just completely like based on my own inclinations, but I think Tua has that sort of it factor. He wins. He came from Alabama. He's just got the that sort of hype around him. And watching him play, I think it's flashier and more exciting and more productive than Justin Herbert. And Herbert could very well could be a very solid NFL quarterback, but I think... I think the risk of Tua with his injuries is worth the higher upside than Justin Herbert has. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Herbert just doesn't oh, yeah. seem to no really, like, pass the eye test quite, quite the same way. Yeah. All right. So next up, we're, or Wyatt will be taking the perspective of the Cleveland Browns. So, Wyatt, if you were the Browns, would you rather trade Odell Beckham Jr. or give it one more year under the new head coach? This is easy. This is one more year under the new head coach. Uh, there was a report that Odell was going to get traded to the Vikings, and I kind of feel like the Odell Beckham Jr. trade rumor is just going to surround him for the rest of his career, at least for a little bit. Uh, I think that it's easy that you just kind of keep a talent like Odell Beckham Jr. around, especially when you move on from a new head coach, because if you can't make it work, like if you never give a shot to make it work, then how, I mean, it's the best, like, what could have been kind of thing. If next year they can't make it work, Odell's unhappy, he's causing a ruckus or whatever, then I can see why you would get rid of him. But for right now, I mean, he's a talent that you want to give it a shot with first before you try to get rid of him. Yeah. The only counter argument I would have to that, because I tend to agree, is that if you could get like a top tier head coach, like someone with winning experience, I don't know who that would be that was on the market currently, but I think you could work a system around having maybe lower tier wide receivers than Odell, but I don't think anybody out there is like that. And I think I'd rather keep Odell as opposed to I also, yeah, I also don't think you get uh, the same compensation back for what you gave up for him. So it might just not be worth getting rid of him for right now. But Jared, moving on to you, if you were the Chargers, would you rather draft a QB at the number six spot or sign free agent Cam Newton? Uh, this one was easy for me too. I was going. I'm going with draft a QB. I I agree with you, Lucas, back to your earlier point that I would take Tua over Herbert. But I'm not like super down on Herbert though. It's just that I'm I would take the risk on Tua. I mean, because when you look at it, Herbert won the Pac-12 at Oregon. You know, they won the Rose Bowl. He he's a winner as well. He might and he didn't play for like a dominant Alabama squad, but who was good before Tua? I might add. But uh, 
Herbert Herbert's a winner too. Um, he has a really great arm. Every time I've seen him live, I've been very impressed with that. And then on the flip side, you have no idea what Cam Newton can do really anymore. Like I, I still like Cam Newton, and I hope he does well, but I'd rather go with the the younger QB, obviously, and, and take a chance on Herbert. Especially when you think that, let's say Tyrod Taylor just like wins the battle, let's say, for the first year. A lot of quarterbacks have done really well sitting their first year. Well, we have Aaron Rodgers, who sat a couple years. Patrick Mahomes sat his entire rookie season. Lamar Jackson. I think this could be a really good situation for Justin Herbert if he gets drafted by the Chargers. So we'll, we'll see. Do you think they're necessarily mutually exclusive? Like, could the Chargers sign Cam Newton for, like, a two-year deal or something and have Herbert wait behind and then sort of take the reins after yeah, that? Yeah, I was yes. I was thinking about that. You think it is mutually exclusive, What? Yeah, I don't think that they would do both. I think that no. they would either sign the quarterback number six, or sorry, pick the quarterback number six, or sign Cam Newton. I don't, I don't see a situation, especially with Tyrod Taylor on the roster, that they would want to get yeah. Cam Newton. He would have to go as a starting quarterback anywhere. Yeah, exactly. I, he yeah, wouldn't no, want to be I, a backup. I agree. I agree. I don't think, even though I don't think it will happen, I don't think it's necessarily the worst possible outcome if they were to do that. But I just don't think the Chargers would ever do that. Yeah. Also, I feel like a number six pick generally starts their first year i don't know where the line is but i feel like you you generally don't sit someone who's that um hyped up yeah but i don't know i mean mahomes sat in front of alex smith tyra taylor's yeah. probably not alex smith level but yeah i don't know who knows mahomes yeah. was like pick 10 right yeah i think so yeah so, i mean you could wait on a pick 10 yeah yeah well you could wait on six, six. yeah <laughs> six. you never no, wait when you hit double yeah. digits it's <laughs> I, I think I think it, you look at it differently when it when it gets into the double digits and when it's a top six guy. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. there's something tangibly different between ten and six, and even though yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense, like I don't it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. All right, Wyatt. Let's talk about some double digit numbers then. Would you rather bet on the Oakland Raiders, who are thirty one odds, or the Colts twenty five to one odds to win the Super Bowl next year? Raiders or Colts? Shocker. I'm going with the Raiders actually. I don't think that the Colts are going to be that much better. I think that they had a really good team around with Jacoby Brissett. They underachieved. I think Phillip Rivers had a good team around him in Los Angeles. They underachieved. And I actually really like what the Raiders are doing so far. I'm curious to see what their picks are going to be. They have two first-round picks this year. I think one of them came from the Bears trade of Khalil Mack. I'm excited for the Raiders. Honestly, at this point... And by the way, I could just just realize that the Oakland Raiders, but they're actually the Vegas Raiders now. And I think that they are going to do a lot of really good things. They're kind of resetting their franchise in Vegas and with a new head coach, relatively new. I like the Raiders' chances to do something this year, especially in the division. Real quick, though, do you have any confidence in Derek Carr or Mariota? I don't know. Um, I do. Yeah, I actually do have confidence in Derek Carr. I think that he's a really decent quarterback, but I also kind of saw some things where they might pick up Jordan Love with one of their later picks, which might be interesting to see what they do because they could get Henry Ruggs with their first pick or I like Isaiah Simmons or something like that and then pick up a quarterback later in the round and, and see what he can do. Gruden's a smart yeah, guy. I think, Jordan, mm-hmm. I think Jordan Love's a really interesting pick too because it's like a high upside situation with like not much downside if you pick him in the later rounds too. Like He's a guy that could be really good, and if he's not, whatever. You've yeah, if, you, if you pick him in like 18, 20, or whatever, anywhere around there, and he doesn't work out, whatever. But, <laughs> I don't know. For me, I think so. Yeah, I for me, jo- no. For me, Jordan Love is when I went on that rant a little bit about people like overthinking their quarterback pick and going with some random guy that just comes out of nowhere. That's that's a, Jordan Love like epitomizes yeah, that. Not I'm that I wish, not that I like that. wish bad. I want him to succeed, but yeah. like, not that I don't think he will. I'm not sold. I don't know. Yeah. Those guys can like work though. Like Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State. I mean, but he was very he good at Bowl. North Dakota State. Yeah, and like, Jordan, Love's- Jordan Love was like he had almost the same amount of touchdowns and interceptions last year at Utah State. Like, yeah. it, thank yeah. you. Thank I mean, you, yeah, they had a really great year the year before. But so, thank like, you. Which version will you get? <laughs> you know, it's the same way that we we help like Joe Burrow's one great year. We bring him up like Jordan Love is like one bad year we bring him down Jordan Love know. I'm not sold he's a better version of Josh Allen and I think that's good <laughs> I think that'd be good for the Raiders to get a better version of Josh Allen for the Bills <laughs> I was about to say everybody everybody mentioned Josh Allen's suspect career record as a knock against him and he's worked out okay so far so yeah you really just okay. never know 
That's that's the moral. No, there's no clue. Here's one thing we do know: Gronkowski is back. So today he announced that he was coming out of retirement, and then the Patriots then traded him to the Buccaneers to pair him back up with Tom Brady. So I'm just gonna throw the question to question to you, Lucas. How surprised are you that he came back? And does this make the Buccaneers a Super Bowl favorite? I'm kind of shook. Like, I didn't anticipate this happening at all. Like, I was walking out the door on my daily quarantine walk, and I just got, like, the ESPN News alert on my phone. And I thought he was done. Uh, He made it clear that, like, his health was a priority with all the concussions and stuff like that, and I thought he was going to stick to that. But I think, like, I guess the opportunity to play with Tom Brady was just too much to pass up and doing again. The Patriots got, like, a kind of a good deal out of it, too. Like, he was inactive until now, and they got a fourth and a seventh round pick, I think. Which, I mean, isn't a great return, but it could work out and be okay. But yeah, I was shocked. That being said, I don't think they're the favorites for the Super Bowl. I think both of them are kind of past their prime a little bit. I think they'll work well together. The Buccaneers have a good offense around them. I think they're 100% a playoff team now. But I think they're someone who will make it to the wild card round, divisional round, but maybe not past that. So I think Gronk obviously improves their team. He's an all-time great tight end, whatever else you want to say about him. But I don't think they're necessarily a Super Bowl favorite yet. They're probably closer to contention for a Super Bowl now. Um, But I don't think they're necessarily a favorite yet. Yeah, I just don't think having an elite tight end like elevates you all that much in general. I know Gronk's a beast. Uh, Should we? Do you want me to read off their offense? Just some of their skill players? I mean, of course, they have Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They now have Gronkowski, and they also have OJ Howard, who's actually. I know he gets hurt a lot, but he's a pretty decent tight end. He is. Yeah, and Brady to Gronk has the fifth most touchdowns of any quarterback-receiver combo ever. So I think you can't write that off necessarily as like an addition. But I mean, that being this, said, I don't think it's... To me, this kind of feels like us last year when the Browns got OBJ and Jarvis Landry and being like, oh, they're Super Bowl favorites now. This is kind of what this feels like to me. By adding, like, you know, by adding a 43-year-old quarterback... And then Gronk, that now your Super Bowl favorites? No, I think it's a little bit different. Why? Though. Like I think, I think Brady and Gronk are both better at their own positions than OBJ is. Uh, no. OBJ is a great receiver. Are you kidding me? No, I don't know about that so either. I don't that's, know if that's true. But Jarvis it's a Landry for lead. sure. Yeah, OBJ's. No, but it's, I'm with, it's different. Yeah. It's different from like the the sense that one's a quarterback and one's a tight yeah. end instead yeah. of both being wide receivers. I'm, ahead, I'm yeah. with Lucas on the foot. Yeah, I, I think it's more powerful than that just because it's a quarterback-driven league and Tom Brady plus, yeah, plus some, you know, obviously great tight ends. I think that wins over two wide receivers who, if the person who's throwing to them, you know, is, is not good, then won't actually be that effective. I have a question for the group. Do you feel like this, this is like a snub at Belichick since Tom Brady left and Gronkowski decided that he would come back but then please get traded to the to Buccaneers. You think it's a snub at uh, Belichick? I think yes. absolutely. Because he so, was, think off. about this, like a month, or um, after he retired, he was like, football was re- really bringing me down and taking me to a, a tough place. Maybe that was, Belichick was re- really bringing me down, you know, because who knows? Maybe it was just Boston. Now he's going to party it up in, in Florida yeah. every day. Yeah, uh, honestly. <laughs> no, but yeah, the, the fact that he wants to come back and the fact that Tom Brady didn't want to yeah. finish his career as a Patriot, they both yeah, seem. I agree. And like Bill Belichick is really like the the main like force behind the whole Pats culture and organization. So yeah, yeah. it does yeah. feel weird. I think Belichick's gonna have the last laugh though. I think <laughs> yeah. he's good enough. Probably finish, though that. Probably. No, yeah, I, I saw a tweet that was like, okay, somehow Bill Belichick is gonna be able to swing these picks into like a top ten pick. They're gonna get like some uh, dynasty quarterback again. Yeah, <laughs> and they're gonna be off and running. <laughs> I heard yeah. that they have I their eyes watched... on Tua. Yeah, I would yeah, believe it. I could see that. Let me just throw this. Let I, me um... just throw this in here real quick, though. Jalen Hurts goes to the Patriots. Twenty-year dynasty all over again. Right <laughs> I could see it. I would. Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. Like, I, I know don't get he it. doesn't quite have the yeah. upside, maybe, of the other guys, but I think he could fall to them in like the second or third round. Yeah. And like Jalen Hurts is an excellent quarterback, and under the Belichick system, would do great. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I just don't know how he's not we'll like see. one of the 
top quarterbacks we're talking about as well. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's quite Deshaun Watson like it was a couple years ago where everyone was like, I don't know if Deshaun, Deshaun Watson can be a starting quarterback. But we might be looking at Jalen Hurts in a couple of years thinking, like, how did anyone not think yeah. that this guy was going to be how did we decent yeah. or good yeah. in this league? Yeah, I think you that's know. fair. Any closing thoughts? How do you think Julian Edelman feels right now? <laughs> he's gonna tweet he's gonna tweet he's gonna tweet something with a picture of him and Gronk and he's gonna be like family <laughs> <laughs> I think the Bucks closing thought will go 10 and 6 this year and lose in the divisional round of the playoffs oh, book it book it alright oh, book okay. it book it okay book it alright so um, I wanna both, end on both something both of them individually <laughs> 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 Okay, so we're going to end on something a little bit fun. We're going to go through our top three best and our top three worst stadium foods that we've gone through. And this is probably going to be our most controversial subject that we've had so far. So I'm going to go with my top three best, one for my best and one for my worst. I'm going to start with my bottom worst. I'm going with a stadium water. I think a stadium water is not only is it probably just like a Dasani, like some tap water, but it's like $8 to get a water there. And I'd rather just get a cup of ice and wait for it to melt and drink it that way instead of buying a bottle of water. And then my top th- one of my top three, number three on my best is a stadium hot dog. I think that they do a lot with a good hot dog and you just can't go wrong. It's it's a classic when you go to a stadium. Yeah. I, I agree. My, my third best was hot dogs as well. And then um, my third worst uh, was, was cotton candy. I, I, it's a texture thing for me. That's why it's down there uh, at third for me. It's just, it's gimmicky. It's tacky. No, I'm just kidding. I don't like <laughs> uh, Can I take issue with a hot dog? Yeah, thing? of course. Yeah, of course. Okay. I think hot dogs skate by on them being like a classic stadium food as opposed to them actually being a good food. I'll say it. There, I no, think that... No. I would argue the other way around. Uh, no. Really? Yeah, I think no, they're a classic like stadium food because they're a good food. Yeah, I mean, like as far as easy fast food goes. <laughs> yes, I think also they're hot dogs. Yeah. Are, yeah, they're simple. They're tasty. They're effective. Exactly. Like, they're just, yeah, but, you can yeah, do so much with a hot dog. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Bonus points to any stadium that has like the uh, like toppings bar. Uh, like oh, free toppings bar for hot dog but... that that really kills it. But honestly, I think at the core of it, hot dogs are a great stadium food because they're difficult to mess up. And stadiums really can't do food that well in general. Like the generic stadium food is not that good. Hot dogs are good, difficult to mess up. It's the perfect combo. Mm-hmm. Um, on my worst, Jared stole it. Um, <laughs> cotton candy. Um, I'm sick of you know, like I like the taste of cotton candy. Like it's it's good. You know, I I don't, I don't mind it. Um, but. I generally just associate it with small, loud children uh, <laughs> who you hope stay far away from you with their, you know, disgusting, sticky pink hands. Um, so it's it, it's like vaguely cute, uh, but like from a far distance. Um, so cotton candy is pretty low uh, on my list in terms of uh, stadium foods. On my top, um, I'm going with my top three is the helmet cup soft serve. And the, the helmet cup is a very necessary prefix there. Um, just normal soft serve no shut that down um <laughs> I, I don't think that has any place here uh but in a helmet cup that that totally changes the game uh that ups it to top three material yeah. you gotta get a nice souvenir out of it no a hundred percent agree i used to have <laughs> yeah. all the helmet likes i have a bunch of yankees and phillies helmets like yeah. still at my parents house yeah. to this day because of yeah. all the soft serve so yeah it's great <laughs> lucas do you have one yeah, so my third worst is peanuts. Uh, I think it's just like an uncreative stadium stack. Yeah. Like you just scoop them out of wherever they hand it to you. You can get it anywhere and you're going to pay more than you would otherwise for it. So and they're not even like that good in comparison to what other stadium stacks you can get. My third best is a mega pizza. I've seen them at a lot of stadiums, <laughs> but none does it better than the Wells Fargo Center where the Sixers and Flyers play in Philadelphia. You pay like six or seven bucks and they give you a slice of pizza that's maybe as big as like a half of a normal pizza. <laughs> and you can just chow down on it. It's great value. It's good, solid pizza. So mega pizza is my third best. How do you like how do you uh, like the mega pizza, but you don't like a hot dog? They're like the same thing. They're both I, just staples. 
How are they like the same? <laughs> I, don't I mean, they, they don't taste They're completely different. <laughs> Blind taste <laughs> test could not, could not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think pizza isn't expected. It's good because it, you know, it elevates itself above what you expect of a stadium food. A hot what? dog is there because it's just, it is a classic stadium food. Was it good? Is it good pizza generally, though, Lucas? question <laughs> yes it's good pizza uh, i mean uh, it's not like the best pizza i've ever had but it's like six or seven out of ten uh, and what? it's so big that like it uh, brings a uh, six or seven out of ten is in your top three no but the size the amount you get for the price brings it up to an <laughs> yeah, the, the value is definitely so, a key component you can't count that out so if, if we gave you yeah. like a, a two-foot <laughs> hot dog would it make your top three <laughs> Because of value, depends on the price. If it's the same, if it's like only a dollar or two more than a normal hot dog, then no. But if it's like, then yes. If it's like twenty five dollars for a normal hot for a two dollar hot dog, price. Price. Cost effectiveness. Man's a savvy stadium shopper. Anyway, Um, but yeah. Okay. Mm. All right, Wyatt, what are your second place? Real quick, actually, before we move on from that one, I want to go back a little bit because I know that. Aiden and Jared both had cotton candy as their number three, and I was just gonna say something on Aiden's, but I forgot. Mm. I don't think cotton candy deserves to be in the worst. Well, I, I like a good cotton candy because if there's anything, so that guy who walks up and down the stands mm. and he's just yelling or whatever, if there's anything that I want to get from him, it's the cotton candy that he has. Why? And nothing else. It's good. Cotton candy is a classic. I'm, I understand what you say about there. being sticky, but I, I don't know if it's that bad to where it'd be on my worst list. Okay, you know, your hands get sticky, you leave to go to the bathroom, someone hits a walk-off homer, you know, this, this is what happens. Yeah. Why, okay, it's a slippery slope. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so I'm going to go with my number two worst. I'm, I'm also going with peanuts. Uh, I think peanuts are lazy, and I was thinking, yeah. I put nuts, like peanuts, like corn nuts, all yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean... I think they're lazy. I don't think that they're fun yeah. to eat at a stadium because, no. like, especially when you have a peanut, you just got like a bottle full of shells, and then <laughs> you know it just it's not fun to do yeah. when you go to a stadium to eat peanuts. And I think corn nuts are gross anyway, so I wouldn't get them anywhere. And then I'm going with number two on my best: a good soft pretzel mm. is yeah. is easily somewhere on my on my top three list, especially with the nacho cheese. Yeah. I don't know; they, they just do the nacho cheese so well, even though it's as artificial as it could be. Right. It's it's there's nothing better than a good soft serve pretzel at a stadium. That yeah. nacho cheese is gonna come back to haunt you, Wyatt, when we get back to our work. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. But we're okay. <laughs> I, f- I fully endorse the pretzel option. Yeah. Though, I agree. We'll see later I on. agree. Pretzel, pretzel is a good call for sure. Easily um, endorsed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. I'll go to my picks again. I I kind of like thought of it. I think like Aiden, where mostly when I think of stadium food, I think of baseball games for some reason. I don't think I never I've never had yeah. anything at a football game or basketball game, yeah. which is kind of weird. Anyway, yeah. I went so I went with kettle corn for uh, my second worst, kind of just in the same like nuts and grains theme, I guess. Didn't really <laughs> don't really like it that much. Second best though, <laughs> lemonade. I think there's nothing better than a refreshing drink on like a hot when you're just sitting out in the bleachers, yeah. sun's beating down on you like. And the guy comes down like selling lemonade, you know. That's just what I think yeah. of when I think of ballpark stuff. Yeah. So. I don't know. It dehydrates you more, though. It was <laughs> the lemonade, oh, but it's refreshing. No fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're no fun. So get some water too. <laughs> <laughs> how how big does a lemonade have to be for it to be like a lemonade? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I don't think a lemonade could be big enough. The child like, size. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also am just not a huge lemonade fan. So I actually am not a huge lemonade it. fan either. I agree. With Even that. if it's fresh squeezed, they're doing it in front of you. Yeah, you know? come on. Oh, no, it's a little too sour. Jeez. I think that there are things better than lemonade that you could get. You're sour. God. Yeah. yeah. Water is basically all that I drink. So I mean, I might not be the best judge. Of not a stadium. <laughs> yeah, you're not. No, not a stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Aiden, what do you got? Okay, moving on. My, my second worst, and I think someone else will have, um, you know, a comment on this later, uh, but is nachos. And I, I don't really have something personally against nachos. Again, like, the food itself is good, but the stadium version, so artificial. And also, you just sit there in your own filth, um, <laughs> a, like, just uh, <laughs> reflecting on your life choices. It's just, uh, just it just, like, makes me kind of gag looking at the stadium nacho cheese. Uh, maybe that's a personal thing. Um, but, uh, and for my best, I'm going with, um, chicken tenders for my second best. Um, I'm five. 
Um, I I still really <laughs> love chicken tenders. Another thing that's difficult to screw up, and it's just uh just pretty fire um, to to watch a game too. Okay, I think we'll return to the nachos, but I yeah, agree with okay. chicken tenders. We we'll, we'll... <laughs> yeah, chicken tenders are a good choice. That and like Chick Fil A were two of my go to Notre Dame Stadium snacks. So yeah, I endorse. Uh, Lucas, your second best and second worst. All right, so my second worst is non-souvenir cup fountain soda. I already just very specific niche. <laughs> like, I, like, a fountain soda is worth it if you get it in a souvenir cup. That you can use. <laughs> I know. Because you can take it home, right? It's not cost-effective. Is that what you're saying? Like, <laughs> Exactly. Have you seen Lucas's room? It's just like... <laughs> Adorned with every it's souvenir cup you've souvenir. ever <laughs> But eight dollar soda is only worth it if you get something to take it home. Man. So, that seems, this that man seems, has talked to us about value. I know, that's what I was gonna say. Mr. Value wants an eight dollar soda. Anyway, that aside, I'm gonna go to something for my second best that's not very value based. But it's crab fries. If you've ever been to Philadelphia, Chickies and Pete's crab fries at every single Philadelphia sporting event are so good. They're like, like just French fries in these like this like great sauce. I have nothing more to say than that. I, I have go a to Philadelphia. For you, as far as crab yeah. fries, yeah. So I typed in crab fries just now, and there are three different mm-hmm. versions. There's a regular French fry. There's a steak cut, and there's a crinkle cut. <laughs> Which version of crab fries you crab fries are you putting on your list? Crinkle cut. 100%. Okay. I think it best carries the flavor. And it's the one I'm most familiar with, so we're going crinkle cut. I'm surprised you didn't say steak. <laughs> no, no. I like the, ass- I like the assertive well. answer, though. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So I'm going with my number three or number one worst, and I'm going with stadium nachos. We teased it earlier, and we're back to it. <laughs> and it's not, it has nothing to do with the artificial cheese with stadium nachos. It has everything to do that it's it's a cup of chips with cheese on top and they have the audacity mm. to call <laughs> it nachos <laughs> i think nachos are great i love nachos i love a good nacho mm. but i don't want to have just chips and cheese for like seven eight bucks right and then but, but, of course the the uh, possibility hold on jared the possibility <laughs> of it spilling on me it, it there's no there's no good outcome to me getting stadium nachos well i mean it's so, spilling so on you seems d- like a you problem right yeah. So you're you don't want chips and cheese, but you're okay with a piece of bread and cheese. With well, a soft pretzel is different because soft pretzels it's a piece are of bread. they're salty. They're salty. They're, not they're well advertised. Salted they're well, bread. They're mm-hmm. well put together, right? You know what? You know what a pretzel is. They don't even try with stadium notches. They're so yeah. weak. I mean, and then uh, my number agreed. one, I'm going with Dippin' Dots, and I was thinking about this because my only memories of really going to a game are in baseball. So pretty much like any baseball stadium ice cream deserves to be number one on a list, especially Dippin' Dots. Though. Dippin' Dots are great. Whoever invented that, I'm on board. I'll, I'll invest. Smart idea. What? Yeah. yeah. Why? I've got a question for you. Is is yes, it sir. in a helmet? Is it like a small? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. No. No helmet needed for me as far as Dippin' Dots ice cream. I'll, just, okay, that's I'll all take I you need out. To hear. Yeah. I've had, okay. Thank you. All I'm, the information I needed. I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push back just a Aiden little bit. Will eat anything in a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna push back just a little bit on Dippin' Dots though, real quick. I I really don't like the texture of them. Oh that's my that's my big texture. Problem texture. Texture. Yep. It's, I'm a texture. They're good. No, Dippin' Dots are great. They deserve. If there's any criticism I can give of Dippin' Dots is the fact that they're like $12 plus. It's absurd. (laughs) (laughs) For like a little cup. They're not getting my vote. Not a good value. (laughs) Not a good value. (laughs) Um, Jared, finish off your list. Okay, so my worst, I'm going with Cracker Jacks. Uh, Even though it's in the Take Me Out to the Ball Game song. I I don't know if people would really disagree with me. Cracker Jacks are kind of overrated. Best, I'm going with. I like them. Okay, I like them. I like them. Yeah. I like them too. Yeah. Anyway, I'm with Jared. Yeah. Thank you. Be wrong. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for best, I'm going with hot chocolate. Um, I think the only thing more refreshing than lemonade on a really hot day is hot chocolate on a super cold day. That's the only thing I've had in Notre at Notre Dame Stadium that, like, I actually had a full serving of was hot chocolate on a super cold day. I, I think that takes the cake. 
A hot chocolate could ruin your day, though. What? You take one bad sip of a hot chocolate, and you're you're ruined for the rest of the game. <laughs> oh yeah, well, well, so I agree. That, I agree. That, <laughs> why? What is <laughs> mishandling your food? <laughs> I, I agree. I agree that hot chocolate could be is is one of the like, a really good thing on a cold day. But as soon as you take that one bad sip, nah, it's on my worst list at that point. Well, this is a night game, though, yeah. so. It just ruins the it's night. It's a good base. <laughs> I'm not, I know, it's not I know, necessarily I like good on its own. But Aiden, finish off your list. <laughs> okay, for my my bottom, for my worst, I'm going with a stadium hamburger, um, and I'm down for stadiums with like good, fun, gourmet hamburgers. Um, but I'm not down for the standard stadium hamburger. It's it's a no go. It is the most well done thing in the world. <laughs> um, it is immensely sad um, and. And yeah, I will in a, in a heartbeat. You know, this doesn't count a, a good Shake Shack burger at City Field, funded by <laughs> totally deserved government loans. Um, <laughs> um, but they returned but, it, Aiden. <laughs> they did return it. They did return it. Um, but I, I think the standard stadium hamburger I just look at, and it's just wow. It just really just brings such sadness upon me. Um, but anyway, for my for my top, I'm going with one that we've already rehashed. It's a classic: um, the hot dog. It's the iconic stadium food, and it's the iconic stadium food for a reason. Um, you don't feel like you're at a stadium watching a sports game until you have a hot dog in front of you. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I'll say it. Yeah. Um, that that is okay. that rounds out my list. <laughs> well, you all know my thoughts on hot dogs, but I'll move into my top worst and top best as well. So, my top worst is. I've gone very specific on many of my answers, but my top worst is the beef jerky at the Target Center in Minneapolis. Whoa. It is. <laughs> Listen. Don't you dare. Only one of you may have even been here. Minneapolis is a great city. I love it. <laughs> but that aside, um, the the beef jerky at the Target Center where the wolves play is like $13. <laughs> Again, we're going with value, but it's like beef jerky is fine. It's a good food. I enjoy it when I eat it. It's not worth $13. There's no way, there's no amount of, there's no goodness of beef jerky that could persuade me to pay $13 for it. So I'm going with that as my top worst stadium food. For my top best stadium food, I'm going with a soft pretzel we've discussed mm, before. Yeah. I think it's, the, I, I, I don't know, I love soft pretzels. I think it's a great um, food for a stadium. It's salty. It's got that like good pretzel thing you can dip the nacho cheese in. Specifically, Two, I love Ben's Soft Pretzels at Notre Dame Stadium. They have them a lot of college football stadiums in the Midwest. Made by the Amish. We love the Amish. Yeah. It's just a really, really, I don't know, great food. Yeah. Do you um, need technology? It's one of my favorite all time, like, too. I don't think you need technology if you have great pretzels. Like, <laughs> like, that's, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> how, how do you think they got so, to yeah. have great pretzels? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So I think any soft pretzel is the best stadium food, but I think specifically the ones – the Ben soft pretzels are the best yeah. like iteration yeah. Yeah. of the soft pretzel. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so with that, we are going to finish up our episode. Remember to uh, rate the podcast on iTunes. All those five star ratings really help get us known, get us noticed. In addition to that, follow us on Twitter, vote in our polls, do everything to follow us on social media. We love all the interaction. We've had some good polls in recent days. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next Wednesday.